Samaritan's Purse is in the process of setting up an emergency field hospital in western Ukraine. The DC-8 cargo plane airlifted the initial phase of the hospital on March 4th, along with disaster assistance response team members, including doctors, nurses, logistics, and other personnel. The field hospital will have two operating rooms with capacity for 14 major surgeries or 30 minor surgeries per day. The emergency room can handle 100 patients per day, and the facility also has a pharmacy and its own water and sanitation system. Ukrainian families are hurting and in desperate need of physical aid and prayer during this difficult time. You can be a part of helping the people of Ukraine. Donate now at SamaritansPurse.org. Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. And I, I said, you know, we're trying to work on trying to get a Ukrainian pastor on our show. And Ken looked at me and he goes, I know why God put me in this chair, why he brought me to this event, and why he had you sitting across. For us, it's just news. But someone who's been involved with, who have family, or what we say have skin in the game, and I think our guest today has some skin in the game. Bill, can you introduce our guest, please? Uh, just a little background. Sergey is a pastor from Ukraine, and he couldn't get back in the country. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill. One. You got to have one. A nope. token black person? A token and there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for the connections that you've made to get Sergey on our podcast. Uh, Sergey's a pastor from Ukraine uh, that uh, he'll explain his story, how he got to the U.S., but, Lord, we just thank you. We lift up his family. We lift up his friends that are in Ukraine. We ask for blessings on his ministry. Uh, we ask for safety for all the folks that remain and all the refugees that are leaving the country. Lord, uh, we, we know you have uh, your hand in this, but we, it's difficult to see at times. Lord, give us uh, wisdom and discernment, and uh, uh, please, we pray that uh, the aggressor's uh, heart soften and that this— uh, this conflict stop. Amen. Father God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. God, a lot of things we see, we don't understand. In this whole situation with Russia and Ukraine, we just don't understand it, God. God, many times as Christians, we say, why are you, God, allowing this to happen? And that's just the human nature in us. So we ask ourselves the question, not questioning you, God, but just questioning the situation because we live by faith. And when we see things that happen like this, it, it, it makes us question what's going on. So God, we just continue to ask you to question. 
God, what's going on? In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray that you will, you will forgive our sins. I, I pray that you will forgive sins of those who make very bad decisions at this moment, who start and continue the war. And I pray that um, somehow your name will be glorified in all this, in so many broken families and broken lives of so many people. And I pray that um, you will glorify yourself. Uh, in Jesus' name, I mean. Amen. Amen. Odell, how are you doing today? Not good, Bill. Not good at all. But at the same time, when we look at what's going on over what Putin is doing, what Russia is doing, it's just really sickening. And the thought comes to me, the scripture, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I should feel no evil. You know, we learn that in Sunday school as children. However, though, when reality hits, Bill, sometimes we have to go back and check our own selves. How are you doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. It's very disturbing what I see going on, uh, seen on television. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been listening to a number of things that are happening. I was on a, um, a Zoom call with, uh, I think it was the Jewish Federation, had a group of people uh, in Poland and in Ukraine. And uh, they were telling stories about what was going on over there firsthand. And one of the human, one of the things that, that popped up to me was, how the Ukrainians are taking care of themselves, taking care of their people, taking care of the elderly, protecting themselves, uh, protecting their land, their family. Uh, and that just it just shows the human interest, the human compassion on that side. And, you know, uh, I just saw in the news that Samaritan's Purse is sending two plane ro- loads of an they're building a hospital, mobile hospital. Uh, they're going to do uh, one or two of them over there. And then. Uh, Richard Childress, who owns a bunch of race cars in town, he used to own uh, uh, Dave, Dale Earnhardt's car, uh, number three. He just sent a million bullets uh, to Ukraine. And uh, it was interesting. One of the human interest stories that I heard was uh, this this woman called the Jewish Federation. She wasn't Jewish. She just heard that they could help her. And they said her son was uh, 14 years old and on a train and uh, had gotten off at the wrong stop. And it was mm-hmm. trying to get out of the country and he was confused, you know, what was he going to do? So he just sat down, he was texting his mom and, uh, and, and telling her, Hey mom, I'm confused. I don't know where I'm at. I, can you get me some help? Well, she got a hold of the Jewish Federation and they said, uh, we have people in all the train stops, send us a picture of them. So she texted a picture and they found him sitting where he said he was, and they put someone alongside and they got him out of the country. The other thing that I found interesting is Elon Musk. I don't know if you know what he's doing with his uh, starship. Uh, yeah, I heard that Russia blocked all the Facebook access and everything else because, you know, we're hearing a lot of stuff. So you don't know what's true, what's rumors, what's half true. But I thought I heard that when they blocked a lot of the social nets, that Elon Musk came in and, you know, did what he did. So yeah, you he, tell me. Well, he put his satellite, his satellite system over Ukraine, and now they have access to the Internet and uh, and uh, cell phones as mm. the, the Russians blow up their communication. Uh, they still have access, which is incredible because uh, they're getting messages out to the West. Um, so this is, you know, we just got to pray that uh, uh, that they find some way to stop Putin and the Russians and uh, we get past this conflict. You know, I, I'm worried that 
this isn't Putin's last stop. Uh, I well, think he's going but, after you know, other countries. You're right, Bill. We say they, you know, they, because for us, it's just news. But someone who's been involved with it, who have family or what we say have skin in the game. And I think our guest today has some skin in the game. Bill, can you introduce our guest, please? And yeah. let's hear from his perspective. Well, it's interesting. You know, you and I talked about that we would love to get a, a Ukrainian pastor on our podcast. And I reached out to the Ukrainian village in Parma, Ohio. You know, Parma, right? And uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they have we have a big Ukrainian population there and a very large uh, number of churches. So I reached out to one of the assistant pastors and I haven't heard back from. So last night I was with a friend and he's doing uh, cornbread and conversations. And uh, we were sitting over having dinner and eating our cornbread. And the guy across from me, uh, Ken Chester, and I were talking. There was an elderly lady next to me. She said, hey, I hear you have a podcast. I was telling her about it. And I said, I said, you know, we're trying to work on trying to get a Ukrainian pastor on our show. And Ken looked at me and he goes, I know why God put me in this chair, why he brought me to this event and why he had you sitting across. And then he brought up Sergei's name. So I'm going to introduce Sergei and I'm going to let him pronounce his last name uh, and get we're going to get his story. Uh, just a little background. Sergei is a pastor from Ukraine. He was on holiday outside of Ukraine. And he'll give you more details. And he couldn't get back into country. So a group of men uh, brought him to Florida, and that's where he's at now with his family. Uh, and he'll tell he, he's in contact with people in Ukraine. He's going to tell some of the firsthand stories. So, Sergey, Pastor, welcome to our show. So go ahead and produce your last name for us. Okay. I'm Sergey Kukushkin. There you go. And uh, how do you spell that? K-U-K-U-S-H-K-I-N. There you go. And... Uh, Welcome. And how long have you been in the States now? We came on Monday, three days ago, four days ago now. Wow. So you're, and you're in Florida, correct? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And uh, your family with you? Uh, my wife and our three children, we came together from Germany, where we had uh, in the beginning, we went there for vacation. But then because of all the events, events, we understood that we need to stay or to move out and we decided to move out to the United States and so by God's grace and by so many miracles we're here yeah very much so and you know it's interesting you know there was that build up and where 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 in Ukraine are you from give us an idea I'm, um, <clears throat> uh, Ukraine is the size of the country is similar to the size of Texas state in, uh. in the United States and we live on the south of Ukraine next to Crimea border. So that was a hot zone. There was a lot of it is very, very hot zone even today. Yes, very, very hot because they yeah, they moved from down from Crimea, they moved from the top, but just it's uh 30, 40 miles from Crimea is where we live. Yeah. So how's your how's your friends and family doing in uh your village in town where you're at? Um <clears throat> some people they're doing not good some people tried to escape and now the family who stay in our house they are thinking of possible ways to escape but the, our city right now is in circle of russian army they're everywhere they say like fleas on your clothes everywhere mm. 
And so uh, the recommendation of our mayor, mayor from Kherson from yesterday was don't go out at all if, if you can, uh, out of your apartments or houses. If you are out, you can be out only one, like alone or with somebody, but don't ever get in groups of more than two people. If they ask you to stop, stop and do what they say. But what happens is that there is no control or power um, of what they what they're allowed to do. They're, you can't call police and say, "Hey, they're robbing my house." It's it's so like yesterday they robbed a huge mall uh, that we have had in Kherson. Half of it was blown up by their rockets, and half they just took out of a lot of electronics. And so it's like um, um, uh, 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 the power without control. They can do what they want. And nobody can stop them. We have no army in in Kherson. We have no. Um, there, there is nowhere to wait for help from except for God, and that's who we pray to. And many, wow. many people pray to God these days. No. Today, I talked to my mom, and she said it's they disconnected all uh, like the biggest cell phone system in Ukraine, both two big, two biggest ones, and so people were not able even to contact connect to one another. Uh, and then, then it was, praise God, they turned it back on. So it's just, it's just without control. Um, so. so, so Sergey Odell here. So the they, when you say they turned it back on, that's the Russian armies turning it on. We're seeing pictures of the nuclear plant. We're seeing all these things. But I don't want to talk to you as much as about the news. I want to talk to you about how are you feeling? How are you feeling? You have family members. This is your home. How are you feeling about everything that's going on, sir? I feel that it's very, um, I feel that what this whole war is really against, uh, against normal moral principles of human being, against kindness. It's so cruel. I feel that people are left. People are left without help, and they are helpless. They try to to be united together. Like yesterday, the neighbor knocked at my mom's apartment, and said, "Do you need something? I'm going out. I'm risking to go out to the store." And so he brought her some food. People who were not who were not able to buy food beforehand, they're hungry. Um, there is uh, m- most of the stores are closed. You can't, like the, one of my friends said, even if I had money on my cart, I wouldn't even risk going to the store because I can be killed. It's, it's very dangerous to stay there. And so I feel, I'm, I'm, I'm How do you feel? Yes. How do you feel about the rest of the world sitting just watching? Because it's like, we're all just watching. Everyone's just watching. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't agree that everyone is just watching. When we were leaving from Germany, uh, there were people from our church, from our friends who tried to cross the border of Ukraine. And uh, those who were able to cross the border, they met very warm, uh, welcoming greeting from people from Poland, I don't know, Austria, Germany, whenever they, wherever they were from, who gave them food. Uh, who gave them phone to call to their relatives, who gave them warm blankets and water. So, uh, so uh, it's, people are helping. And, uh, and, and uh, those who watch, I, I don't know. I, I can't. Yeah. 
I was thinking about the military, uh, others, if if to control a no-fly zone or just something other than saying, well, let's see how it turns out. Well, we're seeing how it turns out. That's yeah. that's what I was talking about when I said watching. Yeah. I'm talking about the United States of America, uh, other countries is saying, well, we can't get involved. That's that was what I was trying to say. Yeah, what my uh, what my perspective is, uh, everybody's involved already. Uh, wow. When, uh, wow, I like that. I like that. When when we uh, when it all got started, uh, they started uh, they used it like uh, in one night they bombed all the all the military bases of Ukraine uh, all over the all over the country, and uh, uh, it was so quick that nobody could react fast enough. But when they were when they started going into into the country, like from Crimea, from where we live, they were not there were no people to stop them because our soldiers had no uh, had no weapons, had no um, you know they lived in tents and were growing goats to get milk and food themselves. The government, uh, the state of Ukraine, was not able to provide enough uh, weapons for them, enough enough. They didn't. They were. They, they had nothing, and so when these tanks started coming, all they could do is really try to fight. But then they would lose, and that's why it went so quickly. Uh, uh, then we heard all this news about receiving a lot of weapons from United States, who were giving weapons, weapons. I don't know where it all went. I don't know where it all went. But those people in Crimea border had nothing. They lived in tents and had tried to survive, growing their own food. And so, um, and so, uh, I don't know how I don't know how to stop this. If if soldiers from if you if you would say soldiers from other countries would be able to come in and stop it, I don't know if it's going to stop it. Now it's so um, it's so big, and it's like um, for me for me when I uh, woke up yesterday in the morning, I had this verse on my heart. Uh, from Ecclesiastes, where the man says the city was not big and didn't have many uh, uh, citizens in it, but there was one wise man who who was able to, and the big and the big king came to the city, but there was one wise man who was able to stop this uh, king, but no one remembered his name afterwards, and so I it was my prayer, uh, it was on my heart to pray, Lord, please send this one man who would just know what to do. Because so far, so far, it's, it's humanly speaking, there is nothing you can do. Um, uh, see what they what they are doing, Russian Russian soldiers. What they are doing, they are putting the shelling machines right in the middle of uh, neighborhoods where they have nine-story buildings with so many apartments. Right in the in the that's what they did in, back in the east of Ukraine back then. And so even if they start shooting from there, even if Ukrainian army enough guns to shoot back they wouldn't shoot because they would kill all the people who live around mm. and so and so they can't shoot back see they're using people they're, they're using and it, that's why i say it's against human it's against heart uh, against human nature they're using people as their as life um uh, what do you call it living shield against others i mean they when they say they i mean russian uh, russian government I wouldn't say that people are guilty because those those people who were captured in captivity by Ukrainians 
many of those people were like 18 years old um, boys, I could say, who went to the army because we have a law that when you get to the certain age, you need to go to the army for two, two years or one and a half years. And so, uh, and so they went to the um, teachings, what they called it back in the very beginning in Belarusia, in Crimea there. And then what they did, they just put those children, not children, those young men, they put them into Ukraine to do this bad stuff. Hmm. And so they, many of them are killed there, but, uh, and that's not their guilt too. So it's, it's so, it's so, so bad that they are doing it even against their own people. I, I mean, they, Russian government is doing it even against their own nation. Mm. Well, so, before, before I kick it back off with Bill, the question that I want to know, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know why, what's the why? What's Putin's why? What's Russia's why? Why are they doing this? I have no idea. I have no idea. When they, when they, came, when they came back in 2014 and took a piece of Ukraine, the eastern part of Ukraine and Crimea, one of the Russian uh, Christian man, he said it was like uh, uh, Cain killed Abel. Two brothers lived together. Everything was fine. And then he just decided to kill his brother. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I, no, I don't know if anybody can answer this question, really. Uh, I hope it will stop, but I can't even see how right now also. Bill? Yeah, it's difficult, Sergey. We can hear it in your voice. The uh, <clears throat> the uh, the verse that he was quoting was the Eclatches nine thirteen through sixteen, and uh, uh, it's uh, I I read it at our Bible study last night. They they caught it, uh, read it, and it was exactly what Sergey said. Uh, there was once a small city, and only a few people in it. And a powerful king came against it and surrounded it and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in the city a poor a man of poor, who was poor but very wise. He saved the city by his wisdom, but nobody remembered the poor man's name. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. And it said wisdom is better than strength. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much going on in this uh conflict you know um you hear so many different sides of the story but the human uh, toll it's taking and it's not just taking the ukrainians i know they're getting the blunt of it but everybody in the united states when they start talking about it uh they're disgusted what they're seeing and what's happening because it there's really no need for it it's just uh one person or a group of people that decided that ukraine should be no longer a democratic government should be part of Russia. He always thought it was part of Russia. Uh, I think he's trying to bring back parts of the Soviet Union. He, he feels that the Soviet Union is uh, uh, the worst day of Soviet Union was when it broke up. You know, I, I, I had a I had a I was I had some bourbon with uh, Dr. Robert Gates, the CIA director and him and Rex Tillerson, who's the president and CEO of uh of ExxonMobil and Secretary of State, they were talking about Putin and dictators. And they said one of the things that's consistent with all the dictators is they have to be brutal. They have to continue to take over things. 
to keep their enemies away. Because if they show weakness, their enemies will step in and kill them and their family. And they said that's a consistent theme with these dictators. And, and I think it is somewhat with Putin. Uh, he has to sh- demonstrate strength to k- maintain control of the country. You know, I was in Cuba a number of years ago on a missions trip, and we were working out in the fields. We weren't allowed to go into Havana. We had to stay out in the country. And uh, every day, the MiG fighter jets would fly over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I asked the, the locals, I said, what's the deal with the fighter jets? And they said, that's just Castro reminding us that he's in control. Mm-hmm. And in these dictators have that mentality. And, uh, you know, Sergey, you know, I, I, how is your, your parishioners doing? Are they be, do they have food? Uh, is there any kind of uh, humanitarian aid getting to them at all? Or is it so surrounded that they're kind of isolated? Well, before we, before we went to my vacation, uh, there were many rumors that the war will come soon. In the beginning, we, we decided that we will wait until the last moment before to leave. Like we'll have, we'll pack our bags and then just live normal life and wait until the last moment. But then we, as we got together in our church um, session meeting, prayed together and shared each other's, um, each other's desire. Well, like if the war comes, who will do what so that we know beforehand and would be, you, you know, with peace and peace with one another. And somehow we started talking about what if it comes, may we use our church building for uh, a place uh, to run away as a, you know, Refuge. as a refuge place. Yeah. Yes. And because we have a nice basement uh, and those places in Kherson that are, are supposed to be, to be serving as this refugee places, they're in terrible condition, no water, no toilet, no, no nothing, just a place, a basement of a nine story building where people can just sit and hope that it doesn't fall on their head. Mm. Wow. And did, did you stockpile food? Yes. We bought a lot of food. We bought a lot of water. We bought a lot of, uh, we bought the thing to cook on uh, and we bought this gas tank uh, with natural gas so that people could turn and just left it there. It was, it was a week before we left. And it, it got uh, cold and too. So, Yes, and we and so and so we and also we bought generator to be uh, asked our friends to help and they gave gave us some money and we bought generator. So we got prepared and just left it in the kitchen and the church there and let it sit there. And and right now there are people who stay in the church at night and in the daytime when it's bombing, uh, they can eat there, they can cook, they have water, they have toilet working, they can use. Uh, putting tables together, they can sleep on these tables. So Lord led us so that we were able to prepare this way. And I know some other churches did it too. We didn't, we didn't uh, talk to other churches about it. We just uh, prayed together and decided to do it just in case. And so mm-hmm. praise God, it works. Uh, those people uh, who, who are in, staying in their apartments, they're afraid to walk out on the street. I talked to them. I talked to some of them today. Uh, praise God, internet still works. And so um, if, if, they could, if they had enough money and if they could leave uh, Kherson, they would do it, all of them. The problem, uh, the problem that now uh, Russian soldiers don't let anybody out of the city, don't let anybody into the city except for, for those trucks that bring food and medicine. Nobody's uh, able to leave the city. It's like in a circle. Mm. 
like a prison like a prison yes and today what what uh, what they did today um uh, russian uh, government i'm sure they brought from crimea down from crimea they brought several buses of prisoners who were standing in the main square in Kherson today uh like a demonstration with flag, russian flags and asking uh um, kind of putin come save us we want to become Kherson um national republic like a, to to make a video i'm sure and to show it in their news because so much is built on lying people don't want it in Kherson people would never go to the demonstration like this they're afraid to go out of their homes but so much is built on lying that they have to be using even things like this and it's this is terrible i mean the terrible thing is that it's it's so much is built on lying to people we had a we had a uh, excuse me we had a letter that one uh, one um soldier from russia wrote to his mother and it's this letter is uh on facebook it's in russian he says mother i came here i'm a very bad person i came here to be to kill and to murder and when i was wounded her son doctor the doctor from Kherson was trying to give me medicine and heal me and i feel so terrible because i was doing it against thing i'm doing the right thing you know there's this letter it's so well written but it's the truth we're peaceful people we want no war we don't want anything but they just mm. so they brought a, two busloads of prisoners in and staged a demonstration yes staged a demonstration and then probably sent them back to prison oh yes they just used people just used people yeah. for their goals propaganda the uh now how did you get out of uh, ukraine did you take a train did you did you bus no, we, fly? Drove, we drove our car because from for us the best time for vacation that i didn't have in in years really is between christmas and easter very busy times in the church life mm-hmm. and so we just took a car and put kids in just in case we took our uh i took pictures from our childhood me and my wife's uh, my wife's childhood and all the documents just in case mm-hmm. and so we went and we were in the process of already we because our have many have children and so our car was packed and we bought this two um metal what you call them um for, to put to put the car the, the box on the on the um a file little file the, cabinet oh on top of the car on the top of the car yeah, to go yeah. back to yep. go back so that we'll have less trouble going back. And in the evening, we're sitting, choosing the cheapest one, and suddenly in the morning, boom, it all started. Yeah, wow, so wow. That, so we were planning, and we hope that we still will be able to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's our goal. We don't want to, we don't want to live uh, anywhere else. How many but children it, yes. do you have? We have three children. And how old? Eight, eight, and four. We have twins. Yes, we have twins and four. Wow, wow! You have yeah, young children. Well, you know the uh, and they're all with you now in Florida. Yes, yes, yes. Well, if merit people listen to this want to help, what can they do? If they want to help, I think they can find organizations who meet um, who meet um, refugees on the border there of, uh, between Ukraine and say Poland or Ukraine and, uh, Hungary, Ukraine with those who give them food and blankets, they can send their money there. If you want to, if they want to send money so that they could be able to keep doing it because it all costs money. So focus on the refugee refugees. And if people, 
if people who have power, like in the government, if they could make process of receiving visas for Ukrainians easier, because I have a friend, she, she, she just says, even in this terrible situation, it's almost impossible to receive American visa, even if, because the embassy is closed in Ukraine, but they're already in Poland because mm-hmm. it's so hard. Uh, so that people who want to move, who have, who, who others can help with money for the, to buy air, you know, air fare tickets, the airline ticket, they could, they could be able to leave because there, it's still very, very difficult. And there's no airplane air, air flights out. If you want to get out of the country now, you got to drive and that's probably dangerous. Yes. Yes. And the thing is that they don't allow men to leave the country. If mm-hmm. the man is 18 from 18 to 60, he stays in the country unless he has, there are a few exceptions, exceptions. So mostly it's women and children who are leaving if, if they can leave, but like from Kherson, it's impossible to leave. Yeah. And, How long moment. of a drive was it for you to get out of the country? Well, from Kherson, we drove, uh, we started at 7.30 and we were there at, at 1 a.m. So it would be 12, uh, 12 plus two, uh, about 24 hours. Okay. But it was back then when the roads were not ruined like now. Yeah. Yeah. It could take longer now, I'm sure, if you, if you could even get out. The, uh, yes. uh, well, the, uh, how far is, in Poland, do you know where Białystok is in Poland? No, I don't, I've never, I've never been to Poland. It's it's near uh, Kiev. It's near Chernobyl. It's not far from Chernobyl. Yeah, my our sister lives in Chernobyl. Oh, my wife's sister lives in Chernobyl area. We've been there. Okay, was she there when the uh, the the power plant had the accident? Mm, no, no. Back then, they she was small. She they lived in in another place. Yeah. The reason I ask is I adopted a little girl from Białystok, Poland about a month and a half before Chernobyl and we mm. went and adopted her, but we couldn't get her out of the country. We had to leave her there at the orphanage and Chernobyl happened and uh, the radioactive cloud went over her orphanage. She's, she's fine now she's in the States, but uh, we spent a lot of time in Poland. The, uh, it never got to Ukraine. Uh, I have a lot of Ukrainian friends in Ohio uh, that I grew up with, went to school with, but uh, never been to Ukraine. It's supposed to be a beautiful country. It's very beautiful. Yes, it's true. The, uh, well, Odell, you got any more questions? Yeah. Sir, what are you feeling in your spirit right now? I, I, it's a very mixed feeling. On one hand, I'm very thankful to God uh, that we're out of the fire. Uh, without our um, preparation, it's like we, we left like, like we knew everything. You know, it's so, it's so well done by God, like he always does things very well. So we're, we feel so blessed and privileged to be out as other people that I talk to who are also out of the country. And at the same time, it's, I'm, I feel so um, much sadness about those who stay and, and uh, have to, you know, um, I remember in Rahab's story when she was living in the wall mm-hmm. and Jericho's wall, walls fell down and her apartment, so to say, remained there. And so I pray, Lord, please keep those people um, safe. Things can, they can restore airports later sometime. They can restore military bases, but they can't restore people if people die. You know, all, there is nothing that's more valuable than people. 
And um, yeah, the roads, big supermarkets, stores and malls can be restored, but not people's life. And so I pray, Lord, please keep those keep those apart, keep those people in their apartments safe until somehow it's gonna end. Uh, so I feel very blessed on one hand, but very sad on the other hand in the same. You know, if well, I you know, go ahead, Odell. But as a shepherd, as a pastor, um, I'm um, an, a pastor here in North Carolina. Um, the number two guy, and we have about 7,000 members, um, a large, very large congregation. How large was your congregation there? No, we're a small church. We have about 50, 60 people. We, we, uh, churches in, in Kherson are not big. There is one church that has uh, 250 people in it. Oh, there, is, there is one big church that has like 2,000 people, but the, it's the only one. Most churches are like 50, 60 people, 100 people. Mm-hmm. Not, not big churches. And you still pastoring your congregation from Florida? I try. I try to. Um, as, as, as one of members of our church told me yesterday, he said, I asked him, how are you? He said, well, normal. And I said, well, what do you need now? May I send you the money? He said, I need, I need words of encouragement. Words mm. of encouragement. And so I'm trying to be pastoring them as much as I can. But it's very difficult when you can't see the person and when they turn this internet off today and I understood that probably I'll have no connection neither with my mom nor with other members of the church and they will not be able to communicate with one another I was I was very upset and angry but so far they back turned it back on so praise God they can talk to one another too those people well before we kick it over to Bill Share with me and our audience, we have a national audience and we're in 20 some odd countries. How did God hand move to get you from where you were to where you are right now? How did that happen? Um, uh, uh, you mean, how did we get to the States? Where we, where yes. we were able to get? Well, um, we had our vacation there. And the reason why we went to Germany is because we had one friend who I, we were students with, he was my roommate. He was the only person I knew in Germany. So we went to see him. And the reason we went to that country is because it didn't require vaccination. Wow. Uh, and so we were staying there and then we couldn't go to the States because of the vaccination law that was made uh, in January or December uh, or November, last November. And so uh, when it all happened, we understood that we can't stay in Germany because we don't know the language at all. <laughs> People speak to us, we don't know what they say. We need to we need to somehow educate our kids, which is impossible because we don't know the language. And right. so our friend made a research, uh, she's from Denver, and found this exception clause for uh, people who were in Ukraine uh, exception clause of this vaccination law because we all had yes United States visas all of all of our family had it and so because of that law there had to be a person who would um, come with us along with us who would come and be uh, kind of our representative before the government I believe and who will who will be responsible for us and so. Uh, this person, when I wrote to many of my friends, I said, anybody can help us with this. And this person is Brian. And he came 
like in several hours after he received the email, he sat on the airplane, flew to Frankfurt, we met the next morning and we came back here. The, that exception worked until March 1st. I found out about this exception on March, or February 26th. So okay, we had only three days. Wow. And so Brian flew over uh, and we flew back together uh, on February 28th. So it's like the last day of before the exception. I don't know if they will prolong it or not, but I hope they would. But, uh, but um, she found this, um, she found this uh, letter. Brian was able to come. So God just blessed these people and we're here today in their home. So Amen. We understand English, so God is very good to us. I feel very privileged. And who's that good-looking guy behind you there? This is this Brian. Hey, Bill. I'm hey, Brian. Brian. Nice to see you, Brian. Hey, how are you? He's good. Good. How are you doing, Brian? Great. Great. Thank you. Highly favored. Thank good. you for bringing Brian, me how did, how do you feel about all this? How do you feel about all this? How's God using you? Yeah, I think the big thing for me was when I um, – you know, when I saw my friend's email at 6.30 that morning, it, man, it just wrecked my heart. And and I went into my wife and we've been empty nesters for about two years. And, and I just went in, I said, Here, here's where my heart is. And she said, I said, we just need to help him. And she goes, well, go do it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just been a blessing. I mean, to be able to uh, connect with uh, Sergey, Olga, and the kids, and just love on them and spend time with them, and and um, you know walk through things and um, be his brother and uh, ask hard questions and support him and listen and and uh, it's it's just been a gift. I mean, it's been a gift to to hang out with him and and uh, just be a a small part of a of a huge problem. But uh, yeah, it's it's been great. Love this guy and. And uh, man, we're just we're just blessed to have him here. We're thankful. But 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 you 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 acting like a Christian, man. What's wrong with you? You acting like a Christian, Brian. You're not judging. You just saying, hey, this is what's on my heart. This is what's on my heart. This yeah. is what's on my heart. Yeah, and it's it's amazing, Odell, because so many people go uh, that I've talked to. They're like, you know it's amazing. And I go, no, it's not. It's, it's what we should be doing every day. This is, you know, the love that we have for our brothers is so imperative. And in the way that we uh, show it is by just loving people and serving on them. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter if we have a, a five-year relationship or a five-minute relationship. My job is to serve my brother and love him. And, and I think so many times people think that's a, that's a big, mysterious thing. It's not. It's super simple. It's we just we just love each other. And that's it. It's 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 that easy. Wow. You know, that's common ground. It is. Yeah. Talking about real ministry. This is ministry. This is what we run. We walk around with these things on. What would Jesus do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Bill. Yeah, it is good. You know, uh, the uh, how can people pray for you in your congregation? My biggest prayer and desire is that these people who are doing bad and ruining things will somehow go home and do good things instead, which is 
impossible for man, but possible to God. How is it possible? How can he do it? I don't know. Uh, please pray that, uh, like, yesterday, two days ago, there was a lady who delivered a baby. Hospitals don't work. So she delivered a baby in the basement of the building when the nurse was holding a lamp uh, above her to see the child and, you know, we, we call it to have this baby out. Mm-hmm. Normal things that are normal for everyone are very, uh, it's very different there now. And so um, please pray that we will know, uh, that, that the people will know that God is with them, that people will know that um, there is future for them and that God will provide somehow. Just, just I say somehow because I don't know how. It, it's very hard to get humanitarian aid to Kherson because you, they can get it to Western Ukraine, but it's too far of a drive. They won't be able to drive there. It's too far. It, it not, they won't be able to do it through Crimea. Um, so, and I, I, I really hope that as many people could get out of the country as possible. Uh, but how, I don't know. Were you Just, born in, in that town? No, I was born in Uzbekistan. In Uzbekistan. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. That's quite a ways away. Yes. So there are a lot of people hearing this. A lot of people are going to be touched by your story. Mm-hmm. Bill usually asks the question, how do you find common ground? But I'll ask it for him. And after you answer, do you mind closing us out in prayer in whatever way, form, or fashion you would like to, sir? Yes, sure. Uh, In the book of James, it says that uh, the same lips should not say, bless God, and say bad about people created by God. Mm. Uh, All of these people, including those who come to our land and break peace there, and break everything they already are breaking, are also created in the image of God. And so somehow by faith, um, we're all the same. Uh, They sin more, we sin less, or we sin more, they sin less. We all need this forgiveness. And so um, the the common ground, I believe, is that um, um, uh, God is working there and, and God is working with each one of these people. I pray that somehow they all will see that God is there, that, um, I don't know. So I don't know what to say. It's very difficult. It's it's very, it's impossible for people. Yeah. I just can't imagine. Can't imagine. Um, Sergey, please close us out in prayer. We've enjoyed listening to you and your stories and uh, feel free that if things come up and you want to be on our podcast again, You've got our contact information. We'll make room for you in our schedule. Okay, thank you. Oh, Lord, uh, thank you for this day when we can hear and we can uh, we can pray and that we're alive and we can see our families around. Lord, I pray for all those people who, love, who lost their beloved ones and who um, are separated from their families and who, are, who don't know what to do <clears throat> next in their life and how to live. <clears throat> be comforted for them. I pray for governments of all the world <clears throat> that somehow they will come to understanding of how to help this situation and to end this war. I pray for Putin and for his government that they will have fear from you 
and stop doing evil things. And I pray that um, you will provide you will provide enough for all those people who suffer right now and that uh, all those who can help, that you will show them how to help and that uh, your name will be glorified in all this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulating and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.